and welcome to Reliving My Youth. My name is Noel Fogelman. My guest today is James C. Victor. A talented actor is best known for his recurring roles on Beverly Hills 90210 and 24. On the big screen, he was in the best picture, 12 Years a Slave. James talks about getting started in the business, blowing his first 90210 edition, working with Kiefer Sutherland, and why he was never in a Law & Order episode. James talks about what he's doing these days besides acting. He's a really nice guy, and I hope you enjoy my conversation with him. So James, how um, how did you get involved in acting? What was like the one moment in your life that thought, maybe I want to be an actor? Um, you know, I was in, I had just started high school and, uh, my parents had moved us from Newark, New Jersey. They didn't want me to go to high school in Newark because it was a little rough at that time. Yeah. And, uh, and so we moved to, uh, this kind of small town suburb, Wachung. And, um, so I was a new kid there and, uh, and yeah. And so I wasn't really sure exactly. I still was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And, uh, as you know, I mean, I, at that time I was just, I think 12 or, something like that. And, um, and my parents were very movie buffs. And even though I don't look Italian, they're very mm. Italian. I come from a very Italian family. Right. And, uh, and so, uh, we watched a lot of Godfather and, um, a lot of Robert De Niro movies. My dad kind of resembles Robert De Niro, which is kind of funny, but, um, yeah. So I think it was that moment where just watching, you know, the Godfather and, uh, Al Pacino movies. Um, I remember seeing, you know, the, uh, my parents taking me into New York to see theater and, uh, and it was that, I mean, I think it was probably, um, maybe the Godfather or the deer hunter or something with, you know, I probably the deer hunter where I was just like really affected and moved by De Niro's performances. And, um, and I said to my dad that I, I said, I, I think I want to be an actor. And, um, next thing I know, he, he found me this school, he researched it and he found me Lee Strasberg in New York city. And, uh, and he and my parents used to drive me, uh, twice a week I went and I met, I, I got into the children's pro teaching okay. and I was in class with Dustin Hoffman's uh, stepdaughter, Karina. And um, so he used to come and pick her up. And so I used to see him pass him in the hallways, which was really cool. Um, but yeah, so that was, that was the beginning of it. And, uh, and I started studying at Lee Strasberg in the, in the kids program there that they had. All right. And yeah, obviously being in New Jersey, that whole mob, mob influence and everything like that was it was right up your alley then right <laughs> right yeah i mean there was there was a lot of that and during yeah. that time and um used to hear a lot about that especially in newark new jersey i remember there were a lot of incidents with i mean we people down the block i mean i i think i remember there was you know a couple of shootings and murders actually <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. uh, not too far from where we lived and uh yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Newark is still rough. I don't think it's as rough as it used to be, but it's still kind of a, in, you know, in bad shape. <laughs> yeah. It was. Uh, you know, uh, we were close to Branchbrook Park, sort of the Forest Hills area, and uh, I used to go to Branchbrook Park a lot with my dad. And um, yeah. So, but um, 
you know, if as a kid, you don't realize you're playing in the street. We used to just, you know, it wasn't like nowadays kind of where, you, you know, you're afraid to let your kid go out, I guess, you know, but we were just, we used to just kind of run rampant the neighborhood and everybody lived within a five block radius. My grandparents, uh, it was like, you could walk to the grip, my grade school, Ridge street school. And, um, so, uh, yeah, so it was actually a fun place to grow up. Even you don't really, I don't know when you're in it at that age, you don't really feel the danger right, from, you know, your house getting, you know, windows broken and things like that on Halloween. And my bike used to get stolen right out of my driveway and, you know, but, uh, you know, so obviously my parents were more like, all right, you know, there's a time where we, we got to get out of here. <laughs> Smart. Yeah. I, I grew up in Queens, New York. So, you know, oh, it wasn't yeah. as bad, of course, but it was right. like, you know, everyone you knew was in like, like you said, a five block radius. You can kind of walk wherever and do things. And now mm-hmm. it's like you have the schedule play date just for your, you know, kids to hang out with other kids and stuff right. like that. And like, do it weeks in advance, like a doctor's appointment, pretty much. <laughs> Exactly. My house was kind of the central. Everybody used to, there was like, I don't know how my mom did it, but we had like 10 kids that used to just like show up at my door, like <laughs> to yeah. come like drag me out to go just run around the neighborhood. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. So, the, you know, so, so obviously your parents were pretty supportive of you acting because a lot of, you know, parents are not. Right. Point. Yeah, they were. And, uh, that was always been awesome that, that they, you know, I mean, the fact that they used to drive me twice, you know, they used to drive. I, I used to go to a Saturday morning class and a and a Thursday class, and uh, and Thursday was sort of like an sort of almost an evening class. Um, and they, you know, after I was done with class, they would be at Sal Anthony's uh, <laughs> having a uh, having dinner and just go meet them afterwards. Yeah. Just go over to the restaurant. And <laughs> So after, how long did you take that those classes for with Lee Strasberg? Um, I did that for about, um, I guess, two years. Okay. Yeah, so two years, two and a half years, something like that, and then uh, took a break, I think. So, yeah, I just kind of sort of high school just I don't know. I wasn't very big on telling people what I was doing. I sort of was a little bit of an introvert. So people used to say, why do you go to the city all the time? And I used to just say, oh, my mother's an interior designer and we, she drives in and we look at, you know, look around. And so, um, but yeah, uh, but I did it for two and a half years and um, I think I booked my first role through, which was, it's not even on my IMDb, but it was World According to Garp. I was one of the wrestlers in that and, uh, got to see Glenn. It was kind of funny because a bus picked me up in New York. My father drove right. me to New York and a bus picked me up and drove me to upstate New York. Okay. And, um, he wasn't there. He, he dropped me off and left. Right. And, uh, and when I got back, he didn't even recognize me because they sat me in a chair in some beautiful, you know, they were shooting into a school there or something. Um, because, uh, it was on a campus and, uh, they cut all my hair off. And I had really long hair. And uh, and then when I got back, my dad didn't even recognize me. <laughs> he was like, got off the bus. He was, he was looking for his kid. He's like, where is he? Um, but, yeah, it was just funny. Um, I remember I, I, I only had one line, and it was, what's the de- definition of brassiere? It's an over-the-shoulder boulder holder. 
I was I was one of the um, wrestlers in the locker room and Glenn Close to make everyone all the kids feel comfortable. She, the first take, she walked in and in her underwear, just like <laughs> bra and underwear, and uh, so everybody just kind of relaxed after that. And, I'm uh, sure, <laughs> but it was yeah. fun to meet her and yeah. Yeah. Was uh, was Robin Williams on set when you were there? Um, you know he he was, but I didn't really I didn't. He wasn't in that scene, you know, so uh, but I saw him walking around when I was uh, sitting. They propped me in this director's chair where the hair and makeup was and cut my hair. And, you know, you're just but it was it was outside. Right. So you were literally just sitting on a lawn and um, and I got to see him. I saw him walk across the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So at, at that point, did you like think, OK, I'm I'm a movie star now. I'm going to move out to L.A. and just follow your dreams. No, um, I just I didn't even have an agent yet. And um, I just thought, I, I don't know, I was a little bit. Uh, I, I was sort of friends with Matt Dillon because he was in the class, too. They, right. they had just enrolled him in right. Lee Strasberg to kind of get him. Uh, he had already done, I think. Um, uh Hit or something, right? No, 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 no. He did oh, wow. Outsiders. Yeah, he hadn't done the Outsiders. He did that one, either My Bodyguard or oh, Edge, yeah. something like one of. He only had done the one movie that you know, uh, and so then they put him in class. You know, he was kind of like a discovery. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so um, I just was kind of just hanging out doing the New York thing, and uh, but I guess it was a lot at that age for my parents to keep driving me back and forth, and. Um, and uh, I don't know. I I was just doing theater too. Okay. Yeah. So so you you made the decision to go to L.A. a couple of years later, as opposed to staying in New York trying to shoot for Broadway. Uh, no, I I finished high school and um, and then uh, I actually I actually took a year off. Okay. Took a year off and then uh, and then um. I was going to audition at Juilliard and I think I missed the deadline or something. And, uh, and I, I was just, uh, I was sitting at a friend's house and they were looking through a huge book of colleges of what college to go for. And, um, and I was there with her and, um, and I saw USC and, and I saw that they had a, you know, a really good theater department. And so, uh, so I sent in an application and I got accepted to audition. And so my dad and I flew out there. I auditioned and I got in. And so that's when I decided to make, you know, go to USC, which was the opposite. I was going to go to I was thinking, oh, I'll just go to NYU. But then when I found out that all the acting was uh, was the same thing I already done for three years, you know, it was Lee Strasberg and Stella Adler. And I thought, OK, I already I thought maybe I just need a big change. Let me just, uh, I don't know. I was kind of like wanted to go on an adventure and just try something new. And so yeah. I thought that would be kind of cool. And yeah, so. That's good because I figured most people who moved to L.A. wouldn't have any plans. At least you had, you know, enrolled in school. It wasn't like you were going with like, you know, $10 in your pocket or your dreams. At least you had, you know, a plan of attack. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um, I mean, it was it was great. I feel like you do so much theater. I did so much theater at USC that um, 
it really was a great way to to just you know learn and even push myself further and you get to you know focus on your craft just every day especially because it is like a dramatic art school right you're taking dance you're taking you know body movement and voice and everything so yeah so what was like your like strength in in, you know in, in the college like was there one particular thing that you you figured you stood out from from the rest um I would say it was my instincts. I mean, just, you know, it wasn't like I was a singer or anything or, um, uh, but it was just, uh, I had really good instincts and, um, and I wasn't a very cerebral, like I really was trying to learn the whole dramatic analysis of right. acting because my acting was always, it was almost just very, from emotional i think because i was so introverted as a child right um acting what spoke to me about acting was just like if you can give me words and and once i memorized those words it was just like it all came together every everything that i was feeling inside now had words to it and i could just um i could just lock right in and so i think that i think that i stood out because it just seemed like it came so easy for me instinctually. It was just like an emotional map would appear to me when I would read a script as opposed to, oh, this is like my intention and this is my goal and, you know, in a scene. And that wasn't like the place that I was approaching it from. Right. And so, uh, yeah, so that, that kind of made it more, um, I guess, uh, I forget what they call. It. I mean, I remember when I auditioned and, and then later on I got to see what, how they evaluated it. And it was more like uh, words like raw or, you know, kind of coming from that place. Uh, yeah. Do you think, uh, like, you know, taking your classes in New York helped you in, in USC? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it gave me a lot of confidence and, um, um, yeah, I just felt like, uh, I don't know, at that age, I mean, I, you know, when I got into USC, I think I was seven, 18 or something. I was always on the younger, kind of on the younger side because my birthday's in December, so I was younger than everybody else. Yeah, um, yeah but uh, I think taking classes in New York, growing up, growing up in New Jersey um, or on the East Coast, there, I don't know, there was something. There was something that I felt uh, that I had that maybe made me a little different or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, or, it's it's just or helped me. As, yeah, or helped me just uh, in terms of confidence, and because that's a big part of it, you know, having that confidence. Yeah. How many um, inter- uh, interview or auditions did you go on before landing uh, your role in Cheers? Um, none. Actually, that uh, that role in Cheers came from a play I was doing and um, I had uh, I I had I had I was doing this play and I I had sent out postcards to all these casting directors and um, the casting director of Cheers, he actually uh, responded and said that he couldn't make it. 
And I was I was really disappointed that he wasn't going to come, Jeff Greenberg. And then um, something happened with his schedule got shifted, and he came. He he came he came to the play and uh, and afterwards, I think it was a week later, I had an audition for Cheers, and he cast me in it. So that 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 was uh, that was the first one in L.A. <laughs> that was my first. Uh, that was my first audition in L.A., I think. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And like at that point, Cheers, you know, one of the you know top rated comedies on, on the air. Yeah. I love that show. Um, it's amazing. For, yeah. It was and the first time I went to Boston. I was like, we got to go to Cheers, you know, because you always right. see the exterior of the bar. And, I, you know, I was a naive kid, you know, expecting you go down the steps. You see the bar. Of course, it's yeah. different. It's just obviously it's the regular restaurant there, the you know, Bowling Finch, you know. Well, whatever it is, that kind of like shattered my childhood a little bit. But, uh, <laughs> but you had, you know, it was a memorable role being one of the, you know, assistants that uh, Norm hired, you know, to yeah. painting uh, business. Yeah, he had the alter ego there. We, we didn't do anything. We were <laughs> exactly, exactly, and he had this alter ego, Mr. Kreitzer. Yeah, uh, yeah. Go after. Um, now, a- after that, did you figure that you were going to get more uh, more comedic roles? That was you were kind of like leaning towards, or you just were anything, anything you would just take anything that you can uh, get. I thought I would, yeah. Um, you know, uh, I don't know, yeah. It, it just kind of it's kind of weird how it goes. It was just like you know, I, you're you're just going on the auditions that you're you're being sent on, and I was trying to figure out why. Um, I wasn't auditioning for sitcoms or comedies. Um, and then suddenly it just sort of started to go the other way where I, you know, I was getting, um, you know, just getting more dramatic auditions and episodic stuff and, uh, the sitcoms weren't coming my way. And I, and the ones that were coming my way were, um, just seem like, uh, you know, sometimes when it's a, a smaller role, it's harder it's harder to book it than it is a larger role because a larger role you can show some acting and sometimes you know those supporting roles um it's more of a just a character or a, you know a, a type you know yeah. so um so i i found that um i don't know i i was able to sink my teeth more into some the dramatic stuff that and i started to book that stuff and then once you start that seems to be the thing that right i don't know how you know I think it would have been helpful probably to do some casting assistant work to really see that other side. I, I did, you know, I was a reader, you know, for some friends who were casting directors a little bit. So I got to see a little, but that's when I realized that that's, you know, that's how it works a little. Yeah. And obviously you're not going to turn that any uh, dramatic episodic, you know, work, which you get just because you want to do some sitcoms. Right. I mean, look, sitcoms is a great I would love to do that because, it's, you know, it's you go in, you you do some rehearsals and it's fun to shoot live. It's like a play. Um, right. But I did a lot of comedy in theater. So yeah. I was doing most of the comedy stuff that I would have fun doing there. Right. So how was the audition like uh, the process like for 90210? Um, you know. It's funny because the the first that that was the second time the first time I auditioned for 90210 um I went in for a summer character it was an acting teacher okay it was a summer acting teacher role and um it was supposed to be a recurring role that uh 
that that was going to play out for the whole summer. Right. Teacher, one of them were taking an acting class or something. And uh, so I went in and I did this kind of whole Robin Williams thing where I just was just like acting out everything. And it was just like a kind of a risk. Yeah. And then I got a call back for it. And uh, and my agent didn't tell me anything. I went in for the call back. And um, and they asked me, actually, no, I'm sorry. In the audition, when I did the audition, after uh, uh, after I did that, they said, yeah. oh, can you do it again? Can you do it one more time? And this time, just say it. Just 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 say it. Yeah. And uh, and so I just um, said it and they were like, perfect. And then I got a call back. And when I got to the call back, I didn't re- my agent didn't tell me um, there was just like everyone in the waiting room were people that I had seen on series. And this was like I hadn't even been really auditioning that <laughs> much in Los Angeles yet. Right. And um, and so there were just so many people that I was like, oh, that guy's on coach, that guy's on whatever, you know, and I and then I got in the room. And I wasn't prepared. Aaron Spelling was there and there was literally just a long, just, I guess, bench with like cushions on it or couch type thing. And there must have been like 30 people in the room or 40 people. It was just really intimidating. And and so I kind of just didn't know which one. I was like thinking to myself, which one do they want? Do they want the the big Robin Williams performance? Do they want me to just say it? And then – and it's so like it was so daunting because suddenly it was just like, OK, go. There was no like the casting director who was so friendly to me before just suddenly it was just all business, you know, and I sort of just kind of I kind of blew it. And so I I blew that audition. And uh, and I remember I was just so depressed and upset. And my agent called me afterwards and said, what happened? You were their first choice. And I was like, well, that would have been good to know to make me confident, you know, Um I just got I got really nervous and uh, I can't even remember. I just remember just feeling like I was turning all different colors of like I think my the, the blood left my head. I was just white or something. I don't even know. Um, but anyway, that's what happened. I didn't get that. And um, and uh, and then uh, I think a year later, I got a call to go in for a guest star. Nine oh two one oh. And um and I went in for a guest star. I read and it was just so easy. I read and then they asked me to read another role for a student activist. And I read both roles. And there's nothing better when the, you know, the casting director says, oh, God, I wish you could do both. It's right there. You feel, you know what I mean? All the pressure's off. And then uh, that was it. I mean, I, that was a producer session. So I didn't even... I didn't have to go back. Right. And, uh, and they booked me for Peter, which was the, you know, kind of love interest kind of affair that was going to happen with Gabriel Carteris. And then uh, it wasn't supposed to be a recurring role. And then it just became a recurring role. And uh, and I just it was so much fun. I mean, right right after that, you just don't realize how big a show is. Right. I mean, you just yeah. don't know. And um, I just remember after that, I couldn't go anywhere without people staring at me or I, I, I think I was I was at a I was at a concert with uh, it was Billy Joel and Elton John dueling pianos. 
Right. It was in Vegas. And uh, I remember like someone actually came down from the stands, tapped me on the shoulder and was just like, hey, are you that guy from 90210? And I, I was just like, that's Elton John and Billy Joel. Yeah. I, was like, I, was, I just was like I was a little taken aback by the yeah. whole thing because I was like, wow, that's that was the power of that show. So um, but yeah, they, they just started happening where people would just say, are you that guy? Are you that guy? Or no, you're not. Right. <laughs> Let me see your <laughs> license. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of a, that was kind of fun, but you know, it's, I can only imagine like people who have that all the time must, you know, must be difficult. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause uh, you know, the role of Peter, you had, had a little, you know, comedic tones uh-huh. first, you know, and, you know, meet, meeting, you know, Andre at the, the laundromat, you know, you see, you definitely, you know, showed your comedic side, you know, to, to a point. Yeah. Well, yeah. So that was good. But then like you got, you got, I know it's be a very small part, but an executive decision. So you kind of like had a yeah a good role, you know, which you know, which which was a major major movie at that point, you know, you know, massive stars, right? You know, exactly. Yeah, yeah. The stretch. So that was the was that a good experience? Yeah, that was great. It was um, it was really fun. Just uh, I didn't get to meet those people because I was in a simulated, you know, right. flight. Yeah cubicle plane <laughs> that was built on a soundstage and right. uh, so uh but that was fun to do that and just kind of you know you're just to i guess to act without without you know whatever green screen or whatever they're doing you know kind of like right. so yeah I, I can only imagine like people who do those real harry potter movies and you know and all that green screen like game of thrones where you're riding a dragon or something yeah. <laughs> right i don't know yeah but yeah but that was that was fun for sure yeah. how many days of shooting did you do for that i think it was two okay yeah 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 i was and then you know a totally different role playing uh, jerry uh jerry lee lewis in the alan freed story oh yeah that <laughs> that was that was so much fun that was uh actually i knew the casting director um and uh, she called me up and she just said, I need you to learn a Jerry Lee Lewis song. Hmm. You're coming in tomorrow. I'm bringing you in. And uh, and I just yeah, I just I just learned a song and I went in and just went for it. And, right. and when I got it, it was so much fun just to fly you to Canada. And we shot it in Canada. And uh, yeah, so that was that was also fun. Uh, Judd Nelson was great. Really cool. So, yeah. Now, um, like one of my favorite TV shows of all time is 24. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, you had the distinction of actually being a CTU agent that did not get killed in the field of duty. I know. You know which is it's, it's pretty rare, you know, being with Jack Bauer and still being alive to tell about it. So um, and you were a recurring character in, in that season. So, like, how um, how how far in advance did it let you know that you're going to be in that show later on? Did they tell you you're going to be like you have your five episodes or, you know, you'll get booked for one. They'll call you later in the season to say, we want agent Turner back. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, that's what they do. But right. uh, other, sometimes there is like an arc where you yeah. audition and you know, it's a recurring role. Right. Um, yeah. And they'll say like, uh, you know, this is a seven episode arc or something for that right. character. Um this again, kind of funny, was the same thing. I I booked a one day guest star, um, when Jack Bauer was like hiding out at some yeah, right, 
at the at plant or working, you know, under, you know, where he was hiding out. So I was one of the workers uh, in the oil field or whatever. And um, and I didn't. So I did that episode and that was the season before. And uh, I did a one day guest star and it got cut from the show due to time, which they never told me, of course. So, you know, you tell all your friends to watch and then you're not in it. And you're like, yeah. what has been? happened? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and then I got a call to come back and uh, an audition again. Um, the director remembered me and um, and I came back and uh, and I and I booked it. And I thought uh, once again, I was expecting, you know, I I went in thinking like, here's a guy who's. I went in in a suit and everything and, you know, and then here I am as like the head of uh, like a SWAT team, you know. Um, and, yeah, I did not know uh, that it was a recurring role. And um, I just remember on the first the first day of shooting, Kiefer Sutherland came up to me and he said, um, you and I are going to be running in and out of buildings a lot this season. And so I thought, oh, wow, like. Cool. No, no, he just told me something, you know, <laughs> and uh, and then um, and then they would periodically call and I would go there and go there and uh, and they'd book me. And um, and what happened was I this is just what I what I'm thinking is that the ratings may not have been very good that season. Right. Um, the ratings were starting to drop and uh, they hired Ricky Schroeder to come in. Right. And, uh, and I think what happened was, is he just, he just to help the ratings, they, they hired him. And so he kind of replaced. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, cause otherwise I remember, um, the makeup, the makeup person told me, um, she was just like, well, you know, because I'm like, well, they left me handcuffed to a, to a truck. Yeah. You know? Right. <laughs> and she's like, well, you know, usually just what you said, usually people get killed off. You're not dead, so you're 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 still you're you can still come back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, I think they hired him, and um, you know, and so I never really got to go back. So. Right. Yeah. Because because that season was so divisive to so many fans because you know Keeper Sullivan came back from China. Right. And uh, yeah, and they they figured out oh, some of the you know more of the same stuff is going on. There's some more on TTU, this and that, blah blah blah. blah. But I mean, it, it was I, I enjoyed that season, you know, immensely, and it kind of like ended that whole CTU L, LA, right. and the, the following season they moved to uh, I think DC was the next season. Yeah. So yeah, so I mean, I I guess either you're gonna you know relocate to DC, then you know you're not gonna get you know get booked for the next season. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it was so much fun, and uh, I got to meet James Cromwell, which was great, and um. What he he was he was phenomenal in that and role. He's yeah. so he's so professional and so good. I just remember one of one of the things that that stands out and and Kiefer Sutherland was so uh, he's such a so giving to the other actor. I just remember after doing scenes with him, he would turn to me and he said, um, "Are you happy? Do you need to do it again?" Like usually people don't check with you, you know, and yeah. um, and so he was he was so gracious about that and. Um, and uh, I do remember one time that um, I got to the set after memorizing this whole scene, the one where I actually am going to arrest him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, where, I, where I arrest him and I got to the set and, and they said uh, that uh, that whole scene has been changed. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. So I was like, OK, um, is 
where, where's the scene, you know? Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, that's a Kiefer Sutherland question. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and they're like, You'll just have to wait till, till Kiefer gets here. And then when he got there, um, we had a meeting with uh, me. I, I mean, it was just really by the trailer. And, you know, yeah. he was there and uh, and the director was there. And then Kiefer just said to me, okay, this is what you're going to say. And he repeated to me like a huge monologue of that right. whole thing where I'm going to arrest him. Yeah. And uh, and he goes, okay, you got it. And I said, uh, yeah, thinking, you know, that, that they're going to give me a script later, right? And uh, and then he was like, okay, repeat it back to me. And I just remember oh, like my heart just like just moving to my throat, and I was like, oh my god, <laughs> I have to remember this. And I repeated it back to him. I don't know how I remembered it, but I repeated it back to him. And uh, I had just inverted like three words or something. Yeah. And he corrected me. <laughs> and then he goes, okay, great. And, uh, okay, great. So, um, that's it. We'll, uh, we'll see you for rehearsal and, you know, whatever. And that was it. And then we all just went our separate ways. And, um, and then luckily, uh, you know, about a half hour later, someone did show up and give me the typed version of it. And so I got to at least, uh, look it over and make exactly. sure that I had yeah. it. Uh, and it was all good, but, um, yeah. So, yeah, he was uh, he was really good guy to work with, though. Right. Because at that point, he was the one of the executive uh, producers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Exactly. So I'm sure he yeah, he was heavily involved, as you has obviously just told me. So. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, very gracious and uh, cool. Right. Cool. Yeah. yeah I, le- I learned a lot, too. I just. Yeah. So. Like even, you know, guest starring in so many shows and stuff like that. Were you fans of any of the shows that you got booked on or were there ones that you had no idea about? So you actually had to go, you know, watch, you know, binge watch, you know, research the show. Uh, um, no, well, I was a huge fan of Castle. Okay. Yeah. Huge fan of Castle. I used to love that show. And right. um, I was really excited. And when I went there, I, I didn't think I had a shot at it, to yeah. be honest, because there were a lot of people there that I recognized as well. And, um, and, uh, and yeah. And so when I booked it, I was just, I was just really surprised that I, that I got it. And, um, I just remember, I was just curious. I asked the director when I was shooting it, I just, I just asked him like, you know, I said, what, what, what made you, what made you cast me? And and he said, well, there's this one moment where you just like leaned in and delivered that line. And I was like, oh, <laughs> like as something as small as that made me stand out, I guess. I So but uh, I'm sure it wasn't only that. But um, yeah, <laughs> but uh, but it was a fun I kept I I, I love that show. And Nathan Fillion was great. I, I was happy to have that scene with both of them. And there was a little. It felt like a little bit of a comedic character because that show does have that little comic relief yeah. element to it. Right. And um, yeah. So I felt like there was that moment, too, that I got to, you know got to play in there you know like what do you mean she's dead (laughs) Um, but yeah johnny dimes seemed like a a fun character and i thought oh maybe they'll bring that guy private eye back (laughs) yeah right (laughs) yeah maybe or something (laughs) yeah yeah and hawaii 50 was so much fun i i was surprised too that that one um that one i just uh i went in and i auditioned and um the turnaround was so fast because 
the producers are in Hawaii. And so you audition and you think, oh, they're, you, you know, they're probably not by the time they look at it and whatever. And it was like the next day. Oh, you got it. And I was like, what? Which was nice only because yeah. you, your brain doesn't have time to even think about it because I had already forgotten about it because yeah. I was like, oh, it probably won't happen for a couple of days. Right. Or something. But yeah. Um, but that one, that was fun, too. And, and uh, all the shows like they've they've remade. I think that's probably one of the, the best like TV shows, I think. Yeah, I think that one really stands on its own. Yeah, that one stands on its own. You forget that it was a remake. Yeah. And, um, and I'd worked with Alex O'Loughlin before on Moon Moonlight, um, which was the vampire thing. I don't know if you ever right, saw yeah. that. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and he remembered me and um, and Scott Kahn. They, you know, everybody was it was fun yeah. to hang out, you know uh on that that'd be uh i was like i was like oh man that's yeah when you do like a guest star you you wonder if it's the type of role that could come back but that one was <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly yeah well when has there ever been like a an instance where you the cast is not as you know hospitable to you um Uh, I would say, uh, sometimes, sometimes, yeah. Um, you know, because I guess they hire you and, um, it hasn't happened in a while. I think I remember <clears throat> Without a Trace, I worked on Without a Trace and, um, Timothy Busfield directed and he was amazing. He was just like so hands on and, uh, I really loved working with him. And, um, but as far as the, the cast was like, I, I guess I just, you know, cause people are doing their own thing, but sometimes like when I worked on, like I said, when I worked on, um, Castle, it was just like, they both came right up to me and were like, hi, welcome to the show, which makes you feel, you know, puts you at ease and just like, you know. Um, but sometimes it's just, you know, uh, you don't know what kind of day it is or whatever. And, uh, so people don't introduce themselves and you go in, you're, you're pretty much hired to do your job because they don't want to have to worry about you, you know? So, uh, but Timothy Busfield was, was great. And sometimes the director doesn't barely says a word to you too. Um, I've worked on shows where the, the director, you know, did not even say two words to me, you know? So, uh, but yeah. But uh, that would be just, I would say that one, uh, maybe The Mentalist, too. The other guest stars were really nice, but with The Mentalist, uh, you know, I just remember um, maybe Simon showing up and uh, doing his thing. And, and it, you know, it wasn't until, like, we were done where he was right. just like, See ya. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't even get it. You know, I didn't yeah. talk to him once pretty much, wow. you know, but, uh, but yeah. So, um, it, like I said, it, it's not like anybody's, uh, it just, the difference between what might feel like a cold set and somebody makes it a lot warmer by just, you know, like SWAT, everybody was so, yeah, they just felt like, you know, you felt like a series regular because everybody was just, you're like, yeah. what, you know, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah, because everybody was just so cool. And I know that, I know there, I think there, there's a pilot that's in the work that I think they're casting now for a remake of 30 something. Do you remember that oh. show? Yeah, oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. 
Timothy Botsfield, you mentioned him. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. I think they're they're going to bring it back. Okay. You um, you know, try to audition for that if you can. Or not. I would love to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that show. It would be fun. Right. When um, when the whole reboot of 90210 came out last year, was there any like renewed interest in your character? There wasn't. I mean, I had my reps kind of contact them and just uh, to say, hey, you know, like what's going on? But I think, um, yeah, I actually haven't seen it. So I think they went in a whole new direction. With, oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't I don't. Uh, they might have. Um, yeah, they might have had different types of relationships. All right. I think Gabrielle yeah. Carteris, is. I heard that she might have was having a relationship with a woman, so I, I don't know if. Yeah. yeah. She was kind of exploring that side. Right. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. to run into Peter would have been. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> For me, but. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. My my wife is you know a huge fan of that show, so it's like anytime I'm home, she'll put it on. It's on one of the cable networks, but she'll record on the DVR, so she has like yeah. 40 episodes or whatever, and it's just like. Don't you get sick of this show? You know, she has like yeah. four or five shows. She'll just rotate. And that's always right. one of the invitation. I'm like, don't you get sick of this show? And then her response was, don't you get sick of Seinfeld? I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And then she's like, well, that's how I don't get sick of this show. I'm like, point taken, you know? <laughs> yeah. But that was one of those shows where I remember my agent calling me at the time and saying, Hey, we just got a call from Fox and right. um, they're thinking about making you a series regular. Yeah. So where a recurring role can turn into a series regular. And um, and so I don't know what happened, but it was like one minute that was on the table. And then the next minute um, they wrapped it up and I, I just never came back. So I, I don't know. You, you don't know those things. It'd be nice to know what happened. But, you know, yeah, no, of course. Yeah. So now um. Feature film wise, um, you know, 12 Years a Slave, you know, picture, you know, wins best picture, uh, and, you know, a small part, but making that movie, do you think you guys were onto something special? Oh yeah. Um, that was, uh, that was so much fun. I, I went in for three different roles. I remember I kept going back and kept going back and, um, but just to work with those, that caliber, I mean, of director and, right. Actors, Paul Paul Giamatti was so nice. I he took a picture with me. I put it on IMDb. Um, right. And uh, yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch, you know, um, I don't know if like before that movie came out, he, you know, he had probably done like I think he exploded onto the scene with like a bunch sure. of stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. But right at the time when he was shooting that, I don't think uh, a lot of people still knew who he was, but. Um, yeah. But he was he was really nice and it was fun to shoot that in New Orleans. And um, again, he was just so just. Uh, open, friendly, you know, right. not like somebody who just ran back to his trailer or something, you know, so it's it nice to see that nice um, to have that. So oh, great. Now, two, you know, two pretty pieces with that and then, you know, the, the Stanford you know, prison experiment, which mustache did you prefer? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, well, uh, Twelve Years a Slave was my own. Oh, okay. I 
Yeah, so that was all me, except right. uh, even though my hair was pretty long, yeah. um, I remember Benedict Cumberbatch, when I took the hair off, they put a they put an extra wig on me. Right. He was like, oh, I thought that was your real hair. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, the mustache in uh, Stanford Prison Experience was fake. It wasn't mine, even though I could grow a pretty yeah. full mustache. Right. So uh, that one wasn't mine. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, that, that was that was an all timer mustache. That was props for the right. costume design, you know, yeah. makeup for that. Yeah. So um, I always ask this every actor because uh, it seems like they're always in it. But um, would you ever um audition for Law and Order, or was there ever a chance for that? Seems like every actor has a chance in Law and Order. I know. I don't know. Um, I would love. I've I've never have auditioned for it, and I don't know if it's because I just um. Haven't spent enough time in New York. Probably, right. Um, you know, uh, yeah. So, I mean, even though I go back and forth. Right. But I remember uh, I did I, I did meet with an agent once. And, uh, and when I told him I was from, you know, New Jersey and New York, uh, he said, how come you haven't been on Law and Order? And I said, well, <laughs> <laughs> I, said, That's, I, I don't know. Right. <laughs> you know? He's like, what's wrong with you? How come you haven't been on Law and Order? And I was like, I know. It seems like any any actor who's an actor in New York is has Law and Order on the resume. Yeah. So I I think maybe I got to work on that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't get that question anymore. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wolf didn't uh, you know expand to the you know to the West Coast and do Law and Order L.A. or something. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I did NCIS L.A. And right. Then, now I got to do NCIS New Orleans. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. what are you working on these days? Um, I actually uh, I just finished working on a film, Violet, that Justine Bateman directed with Olivia oh. Munn. Um, so uh, I think they're I don't know uh, editing or or they finished editing. It's in post or yeah. I think it went to I think it might be uh, at a festival now. Okay. Southwest. Um, but uh yeah so that and uh I've been doing some writing so I have um a couple of uh scripts that I've wrote in development that I'm I'm working on and uh and yeah just auditioning for pilot season now that's uh sort of just sort of getting underway pretty much and um yeah but uh, I'm hoping to get this film that I wrote uh off the ground so I've been focusing a lot on that and um yeah so okay. Is, is the writing something new or is, you've always expressed interest in writing? You know, uh, I have expressed interest in writing, I, but uh, it's kind of been something that I do on the side. Okay. Yeah. So, but um, I've had a couple of real close calls where Nicolas Cage almost directed one project that right. I, that I wrote, which um, a friend and I wrote this project and, uh, it looked like it was going to happen, and then he took a acting gig, and it's just funny how things turn, and suddenly, and suddenly it didn't happen. Right. <laughs> uh, but you know, it's kind of like one of those things where that project is, you know, I wrote it actually a long time ago, and so uh, now it's something that I could actually do exactly as it as I wrote it because. When I wrote it, it didn't have cell phones. It didn't have any of that. Yeah, right. right. There's no, no, no internet. And, um, 
And so now, now it would kind of be almost like a throwback period piece. Rockwest, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, kind of like a Red Rock West type of, uh, if you know that movie at all, but it has that feel or like, uh, um, yeah. So something, something similar to that. That's great. Well, I, I wish you a ton of luck with all the pieces and James. This is so much fun. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, thanks for, uh, again, reaching out. And a special thanks to James for joining me today. If you have a guest suggestion, hit me up on Twitter at the first Noel19 or on the page for Living My Youth on Facebook. Go to iTunes, check out all the past episodes we've had. While you're there, please rate and review the show. If you don't have iTunes, not a problem. The show's on SoundCloud, it's also on Podbean. Go to livingmyyouth.threadless.com for all your merchandise t-shirts hoodies phone cases it's all there a new episode comes out every wednesday and maybe thursday and we'll see you next week